Okay, first of all, you can't even get a um, annual pass anymore unless you live in Florida, more or less. Yeah, I mean, like you can you can technically get one, but like you can't get one for the same price that you were getting one before. Right, like it's basically because they're not including anything. They're not including, um, you know, parking. They're not including the train. They're not including Magical Express. They're not including Fast Pass, Photo Pass. Um, I correct me if I'm wrong. Because they may very well be wrong. But I'm pretty sure you still have to add on um, a meal plan with your annual pass. Yeah. So it's like all together, right? Like first, the annual pass without everything is still fifteen to $1,700. <laughs> like for to go into the gates of Disney. Oh, yeah. Oh, f- I forgot, like, how bad these numbers are. It's bad. It's bad. It's so bad because, like, the cheap ones, the blockout dates make it impossible to, like, actually go to the parks. Does it Does it tell you the blockout dates? Okay, so the cheapest one is $400 plus tax, lol. Um, That's not terrible. But you also have to live in Florida. You have to live in Florida, and you have to live in Florida for all of these, except for the most expensive one, which is what you were saying. Yes. But this cheap one, it says that you can visit the parks on most weekdays, subject to blackout dates and holiday periods. Yeah. Can you not go on a Saturday? (laughs) Yeah. Does that mean you can't go on a weekend? Does that mean that I couldn't take a trip over the weekend? I don't think so. I don't think so. Who the fuck is going? Who the fuck? Okay. That's what I want to know. Who is spending $500 to go to Disney on a Monday? Oh, I got to go get my Monday Dumbo ride in. <laughs> yeah, when no one is at the park anyway. Well, actually, that's kind of nice. Like, if you live in Florida. But also, like, from the tip of Florida to, like, the top of Florida. Like, if you live in, like, West Florida, like, Northwest Florida... That's like a six-hour drive to fucking Orlando. Yeah. So. So it's like useless. I mean, assuming that you're like a normal adult who like has a job during the week. Right. To take off, like, assuming that you only get, what, 10 PTO days, which is pretty average. It's not the most ideal plan for people, especially if you can't go on a weekend. Right. Yeah. The next most, the next cheapest is $700. That's the one I was thinking of. I think that one you're allowed to go on the weekends. It says on most days. On most days. Ooh. Who knows what that is? <laughs> okay. Most days. You can most go to the days. park. Okay, but what about the blackout days, though? Oh, of course. You know that those are in there. A thousand percent. I'm sure you can't go, like, for the entire duration of, like, Christmas and New Year's, um, any holiday yeah spring break season's probably wiped out definitely like the peak of uh summer definitely wiped out Yeah, like anytime you'd probably have time off from work you probably can't go no Mm -mm. (laughs) like any holiday yeah absolutely not labor day no memorial day no i think i just hate that like i don't know what any of these things that they're saying means like even okay so the next one is nine hundred dollars and that one again says visit on most days 
And it's like, well, what's the difference between that one and the other one? It's just on most days. How do I know? Does that mean that it has less blackout days? I would think. I mean, I And then what's the, like, what is the actual amount of blackout days that warrants that extra $200? Yeah, that's what I want to know. And I don't know. No. I don't know from these descriptions. Maybe I have to act like I'm going to buy one and maybe it'll tell me. Oh, Maybe that's the workaround. I don't know. I don't know if I care that much. But the only one that you can buy if you are a non-Florida resident is the $1,300 pass. And how much was it before? $1,295 before. And this one's $1,299. So pretty comparable. But the thing is, before, it had no blackout dates. It included park hopping, water parks, Mm -hmm. um, photo pass. Yes. This one doesn't. I mean, all it has, I think you can park hop because it says you can visit the parks with advanced park reservations and you can have five park reservations at a time. I don't really understand the reservation system either because I haven't been to Disney since pre-pandemic, but it's just crazy that it's like basically the same price, but for so much less because now you're not getting photo pass, you're not getting parking, you're not getting water parks. Well, this is my thing. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about, like last episode or the episode before that one, where it's like prices are rising at Disney, but like what you get with your ticket is has like drastically gone down, let alone, you know, experiences that you can actually take in at Disney, like photo pass, fast pass, you know, park hopping, which park hopping was a thousand, like was definitely an extra upcharge. But like, at least if you had an annual pass, like, okay, it was kind of, that's fine. And like, even a photo, like a park, park hopping ticket was like, what, 20 extra dollars? Maybe? Yeah, something like that. Like it wasn't terrible. No, it was like so worth it to be able to park hop during the day. A thousand percent. And like, especially if you didn't necessarily have to, like if you wanted to upgrade your ticket to a park hopping ticket, like the day of, because, you know, you only wanted to go to Animal Kingdom as a half for a half day and like go to Hollywood Studios for a half day. I just don't think that like what you're paying for Disney now is worth it. I, I think that's just like what's so frustrating about this like entire like era of Disney parks. It's like... They're constantly giving us less, but charging us more and then acting like we should like be grateful for it. Right. A thousand percent. They're like, oh, we came out with all these new tiers of annual passes. Aren't you excited? And it's like, no, because I'm not getting what I used to pay for. Although I wasn't an annual pass member, but you know, if I were. If I were, exactly. And I think it's also kind of ludicrous that there are three, four tiers for, oh. for Florida residents only, because at least with the old annual passes, you were able to get the Florida Residence Pass, which was at a deeply discounted rate. Right. But if you lived out of state, you still had three tiers that you could buy from and still be able to experience having an annual pass. And now it's not that. I've always heard that if you go to Disney parks for like more than two weeks a year then it's worth it to buy an annual pass. Yes. And I used to listen to like, um, 
think it was called the Disney Brits podcast, but it was like all people in Europe that would go to Disney World. Mm-hmm. And they all had annual passes because of that logic. Cause it's like you go all the way to Florida, you know, you're there probably for two weeks before you go back. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it makes sense to have an annual pass. And before you could buy not the most expensive tier of annual pass, but the one below it for mm-hmm. $1,200. And that's fine, even though you don't live in Florida, let alone America. But now you have to buy the most expensive one and you're not getting the same perks that you got before. Exactly. And it's like, I wouldn't have cared so much if it was the same cost, if there was only one tier for non-Florida residents, right? Yeah. If if I'm paying that $1,300, it is it is worth it. Like, it's a thousand percent worth it. I think I remember trying to do, like, a fake trip for me and my partner during an Mm off-season as well. And I think just the tickets alone for the two of us cost $1,500. Oh, geez. Yeah. But also including, like, photo pass and um, Mm -hmm. park hopping. Like, for, like, a five- to seven-day trip. I totally believe those numbers too because it's like that's like 150 per ticket like with photo pass rolled in right and like park hopping so that makes total sense to me that that's the math and then also like including your meal plan etc and like I've I'm really good at like not having a meal plan when I go to Disney because I really like I don't eat too much as it is so like each meal (laughs) is like flexing on not eating food (laughs) oh my god we're not glamorizing my ED I'm just so good at like not eating a lot of food. I'm just like, there's too many. There's too many things that I want to experience when I'm at Disney, and quite frankly, it's not food. Like if I'm eating food at Disney, it's like I'm eating a churro or an ice cream, or I'm at a sit down meal. I think that. I was going to say that I think that the huge problem with the meal plan is that because you're like forced into eating at all these restaurants, it cuts into your park time so much. And I used to hear people complain about that all the time whenever I was working there because they would just be like, we just got done with breakfast and now we have to go have lunch. You know, it's just like, yeah, that's that's what it is. Exactly. Like it forces you to eat food, which I wouldn't mind so much if it like sit down places were more accessible. I know with like the meal plan, like you get certain credits and everything, but it's like, I don't want to spend that money on, I don't want to spend that money on counter service food. This is like a whole other episode in it in itself, but like the price of quick service food now. Oh, it means astronomical. You don't eat. So I'm not, it wasn't even me trying to flex on like me not eating. Like paying for food at Disney is not worth it. I, I'm a huge foodie. I love eating food. I love eating out. Um, my favorite thing, to be honest, my favorite thing about being alive is eating food. Um, I was going to say, I'm so proud of you. One of us has grown. I remember back being like, oh, I hate that I have to eat. It's so dumb that my body needs nutrients to stay alive. Guess which one of us is the more grown out of their old habits? Because it's not me. We're growing, we're growing, growing in, different in different ways. ways. We're growing in different ways. But anyway, the, what I was saying is, like, I love food so much. But the prices of Disney Quick Service, I mean, it's absolutely insane. I remember back whenever it used to be, like, eight fifty for, like, an entree. And last time I went, it was, like, $12. I'm pretty sure the last time – not I'm pretty sure. The last time me and Fitz went 
to Disneyland. Uh-huh. I bet it's worse in California. First of all, why is a churro $5? Second of all, I paid it. I paid it because Disney churros are fucking Disney churros, even though they're a thousand percent the same ones that you get at Costco anyway. I was going to say, did you know that they don't even make them? No, I know that they don't even make them. Just, you know what? A churro at Disney is better than a churro at Costco. I get it. I get it. Um, But yeah, like I'm not paying 20, it was like $20 a meal for quick service food. I remember eating at Country Bear Jam, like the Country Bear uh, quick service restaurant and a kid's meal. It was a toddler meal specifically. It was meant for like kids four and under $12. Yeah. $12 whole dollars for a baby meal. <laughs> Kid, we have food at home. <laughs> literally, literally, kid, we have food at home. Which, like, I'm. I hope everyone knows that they can bring food to Disney. They can bring outside food to Disney. But then it's also like you have to spend all that time packing. Mm, yeah, but like I, I don't want to spend twenty dollars on quick service. I know. I just looked it up. A bacon cheeseburger right now is twelve ninety nine, <laughs> and that's literally just for the cheeseburger, yeah, not including drinks. No, that's just cheeseburger, and you do get some french fries, but no drink. No drink. You add the drink. Mm. You add the tax. Oh, yeah. That's a $20 That's a twenty meal right there. Yeah. Plus, if you want a little dessert. That's what I'm saying. You like, gotta get a little cookie or something. You're on vacation. <laughs> my problem, I think, with spending that much money on quick service food is that the quick service food is not that good. So I do, I I hate to say this, but like, I think there's been a real drop off in food quality at Disney over the past few years. Mm -hmm. Like I used to go to Disney, I would say, I'd say around the time we were in college. So I'm going to go with like circa 2015. And I felt like the food was like really good. Like it was like high quality. Like you could tell the culinary program was like kicking some bootay because it was like really good stuff. And then Mm -hmm. I went last, no, not last year, but I went uh, right before pandemic. And I honestly, this is horrible because I spent so much money. I did not enjoy one meal that I had the entire week. No, not one. Everything was just kind of like, yeah, I could eat this at home. Did you go to sit-down restaurants? I did. That's even worse. It's even worse. And, like, I ate at Narcoozie's, which is in the Grand Floridian, and it's, like, really fancy, and I thought it was, like, the worst meal ever. No way. Yeah. I, I don't know if I just kept – you know, maybe it's on me. Maybe I was ordering the wrong thing. Like, you know, sometimes that happens to you. But I just was really unimpressed with the food. Yeah. I can imagine. Especially with how much you're paying for it. I know that's why, like, especially if it's, like, expensive and it doesn't taste that, like, if it doesn't taste like a $22 entree, like, at that point, like, I'm going to be upset. That's what makes me mad, too, because you think about, like, okay, the price that I just paid for this, is this worth $20 to me? And a lot of times it's like, no, I can make this at home and I'd like it better. Yeah. Or, like, I can get it from, like, a hole in the wall outside of Disney and, like, for a quarter of the price. And it would be great. Yeah. Um, The biggest travesty, this is like one of my trigger issues with Disney, is that my favorite restaurant was Artist Point in the Wilderness Lodge. It was a fantastic sit-down dinner. Um, Amazing food. The mushroom soup. 
The airline chicken breast, amazing. Oh, so good. It was literally my favorite restaurant on the planet. They replaced it with a Snow White themed character dining. No. Yeah. So like at first I was like, this is great because I love Snow White. I'm going to be open-minded about this. Maybe they just like stuck Snow White into Artist Point. So it's like same menu plus Snow White. That would be my nirvana. Um, It was not the same menu at all. It's like, no. And I mean, like, I hope they've changed it because I only went like right after it opened. And then I was like, I'm never doing this again. But it was literally like they just microwaved like some frozen entrees in the back and just like scooped it onto a plate. And, you know, frankly, I think that's what they did because I asked for like a couple of substitutions for like food allergies and they couldn't do it. So like I, cause it was like pre-prepared. So, um, yeah, it was really bad for a really, really long time. I genuinely thought that all the food at Disney was just pre-prepared shit that they flew in. I mean, I know. No, and this was, and this was like pre, like this was when we were growing up. Like we, like my family had a very staunch, like we're not sitting down to get dinner. Not even because mm-hmm. it was like too expensive or pricey, but it was just like there's no reason to because it's like not like good food. <laughs> it's like not good food. Um, same for quick, especially for the quick service stuff. Cause it's like, my parents obviously did not spend all of this money to go to Disney for us to eat at a sit down restaurant at Disney. So it was like, they were, they weren't going to pay that much money for fucking quick service. Food, yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. So I didn't even realize how big of a food culture, like how big Disney food culture was until a couple of years ago. Uh huh. But everything looked so good. Like, and I was like, oh, you know what? Like, it's fine. Like, it's part of, like, going to Disney. Like, I know that I'm going to spend this money on Right. But now it's kind of just, like, why am I going to spend this money on all of – on food when I can make tachos at home? I know. (laughs) I do feel like that sometimes. And there's always one meal, at least, where I just want to eat a chicken nugget, and it's like, I can get this anywhere. (laughs) And I really don't need to be paying $13 for a turkey leg. What? I don't like turkey legs. I thought I liked turkey legs. I thought I could, like, make myself think that I like turkey legs, and I remember getting a turkey leg a while ago. It was well over 10 years ago now. And I, like, took it, took a bite of it, and I was like, why did I get this? I don't even like turkey. I don't even like meat. And the act of eating a turkey leg is so carnal because it's like, I mean, it's like cave woman. <laughs> it's feral. It really is. It's feral. And also, like, you can't even, like, let me go take this on, like, you know, right. as I wait online. Yeah. Like, that's a turkey leg. You have to sit under a tree and chomp on it. You got to gnaw on that bone. Yeah. Like, truly beaver status. <laughs> I don't know how this got onto the topic of Disney food, quite frankly. I don't know, but let me talk about some other bad stuff I've had there recently. I had bacon on a stick one time that I bought in Frontierland and it was also disgusting. It was just like fat on a, like, it was like the, it was like, you know how sometimes you get a piece of bacon and it's like kind of got some fat mm-hmm. on it, but it like is good because it's like salty. This was just like pure fat, like oh. on a stick. Like there was no actual like non-fatty bacon. Was it, was it like at least like cooked? I mean, it was cooked, I guess, but it, it was just like not enough to like let the fat render or anything. Oh. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I 
you know, I hate to be so down on everything all the time, but so do I. I I like I don't want it to be like, oh, like we're so pessimistic, but I think it's just like growing up with what Disney used to be and now like watching it turn into this flaming garbage fire. It's it's kind of just depressing and like everything every time something new comes out I'm just like mm, I'm going to hold off on going to Disney sometime anytime soon because like what's the point? Yeah. I don't know. It really has been all doom and gloom lately. It has. And like I have faith that like I think they can turn the food around at least, but I don't think that they're going to turn the food around now whenever it's like hey, I'm going to make a annual pass that's the same price you were paying before but without photo pass and without water parks and if and you- like you can't like the fast pass system is now broken as hell oh my god fast pass fast pass r.i.p did you ever try and like save your fast passes of course i did i would try to speak so i used to try i didn't think of it i didn't think of doing it when i was younger when like it was more accessible and like you had the option of keeping them if you wanted so I only started getting into it, like, when I had to, when I was, like, a full adult, and I was, like, okay, like, I know that it's, like, the time that I'm here, but, like, I would have to, like, talk to the CM and just, like, hey, look, like, I'm not gonna beat the system, like, I got other shit to do. Mm-hmm. Let me keep my piece of paper. But now it's, like, okay, can't even run around the parks getting fucking fast passes. What's the fun? I miss those days. I really do. I do, too. I mean, I, you know, if I could go back in time, I would tell <laughs> myself to just treasure those days. Uh, for as long as, for as long as you can, because now we don't even have that. I, I really try to be like, you know, Disney's going to change all the time. Like, that's okay. Disneyland's never going to be finished, whatever. But it does feel like every single time I like go to the parks, it's like, I have to like mentally prepare myself to like never see it again in the state, like for better yeah. or for worse. And, you know, there are just things I wasn't prepared to lose yet, like FastPass. I did, out of everything that they could have gone away with to help mitigate crowd control, I didn't think that it would be FastPass. Like, out of all things, out of all things, you're going to get rid of FastPass as we know it. I really, I know, and maybe it's dumb, but I just didn't see it coming. I figured they'd scrap, like, um, I'm shocked that the electrical water pageant still runs every night because it's, like, Mm -hmm. you can watch it from the resort beaches. Um, You don't pay extra for it. Like, I think the only, you know, you got to pay some guy to drive that around every night, and I'm sure it takes some maintenance to, like, keep all the lights on. So I'm fully expecting that to disappear, like, any day and I think the only reason why it hasn't is because maybe, like, executives just, like, don't know about it. And they just, like, have never, like, been at the, you know, outside the parks at that hour. So they just, like, don't know that that thing exists. But, like, stuff like that, I'm, like, very mentally prepared. Like, this is going to leave. And, like, that's just how it is. But, like, I was shocked by this. By Fast Pass. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Oh, okay. So I, I I have so many feelings. So first of all, in, in case you've been living under a rock in the Disney universe, um, yes. Fast Pass is being 
sorry, FastPass Plus is <laughs> being replaced with Genie Plus. Not to be confused with Genie, because Genie is now this free trip planning software, stupid thing that they came up with. God, I'm so negative all the time. No, but it's also kind of like, okay, great. So you also just cut, you know, jobs, like service jobs, because That's being true. a Disney... Being a Disney travel planner was actually kind of lucrative. Yeah, a lot of people do that. They do, because quite it, it does take a lot of effort to properly plan a Disney trip if you are not a Capricorn or a Virgo. That's true. I'm a Virgo moon, and that's what holds it all together. <laughs> it, it it has to be. I But Disney trip, you have to go to Disney. You have to build a Disney trip with your Virgos, because it's the only way that you'll be able to schedule and do everything that you want to do. Yes, yes. It's that complicated, and they're making it more complicated with things like this. Right. Where it's like you used to be able to just show up to the parks and, like, go get a Fast Pass for Space Mountain, but then it was like, no, now you have to plan your Fast Passes, like, 60 days in advance, and now it's like, you gotta pay for it. <laughs> exactly. Like, I didn't... 7 a.m., and you gotta book it, and if you don't book it, then sorry. <laughs> I didn't mind, you know, like, the fact... Th- was it Fast Pass Plus where it was like, okay, you buy your tickets and then you can book this, you can book your Fast yeah. Pass like six, nine, whatever days before, yeah. right? I didn't mind that, especially for big ticket rides. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I I would literally build my trip around those reservations, but now you don't even get to have that option. I know, and um, as a Virgo Moon and someone with diagnosed anxiety, it is very stressful for me that I am not going to get to have that planning window that I previously had. Right. I felt like it was a disservice to people who, you know, weren't that intense about Disney, were just like an average vacation person that, Mm -hmm. because like, I don't know who like would know about that realistically and who like sets their alarm to like book their fast passes at 2am or whatever. Right. So, like, I did always feel bad for the families that probably just, like, spontaneously came to the parks that day, and then they, like, can't get a fast pass. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm quite sad about this whole change. Oh, yeah. I'm very sad about that whole change because also, right, now you have to compete with a ton of people to get a coveted spot. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, okay, like, I only planned to go to this to this park today, and I can't get a spot here. Yeah, I'm just realizing we never introduced the podcast. No, we didn't. Hello. <laughs> Hi, we're 32 minutes in. Um, welcome to an extremely goofy podcast. I'm Ashlyn. <laughs> I'm Lexi. And today we're talking about all of our qualms. All of our qualms. All um, of our qualms. So sad. Um, okay, so there's Genie, and Genie is like this new thing to plan your trip. Uh, and then there's Genie Plus which is replacing FastPass. Can you explain to me a little bit more, refresh my memory a little bit, what Genie Plus is now going to be doing? Okay, so here's how I understand it. And of course, Disney's made everything as complicated as they possibly could to like understand annual passes now and fast passes because they just want to confuse you into giving up your wallet. Literally. I honestly think that's like their current approach. They're like, we're just going to scream in your face until you have passes a credit card. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, okay, so with Genie Plus, at Walt Disney World, you will pay $15 per day per person in your party. Disneyland, I think it's 20 per person per day. And that's going to give you Lightning Lane access to certain attractions. 
Certain. Certain attractions. And then, if you want to ride something that's not included in that, it's an additional fee per ride, per guest, for probably, like, the good rides, the new rides. So things like Mine Train, I'm sure the Ratatouille ride will be on there. Mm -hmm. I'm worried about the status of the mountains, like, our space mountain. Oh, the mountains. The the mountains, the mountains are going to be. And I'm also speaking exclusively on Disneyland because um, when I speak about this, so they did have FastPass Plus, the equivalent to FastPass Plus at Disneyland and DCA before the pandemic. And you did have to pay like that extra $15 per person. It was only 15 but... It included every single ride. Oh, wow. Had a fast pass. Wow. And you were still able to run, and you were able to book an unlimited amount of rides if the fast passes were still available. So, like, you would have to ride, you would have to ride it, and then you could book a new fast pass, and then you could also run or go and run around and, like, get fast passes like yeah. paper fast passes um if they weren't on fast pass plus but anything that had a fast that had fast pass like was included in that 15 dollars. okay so there was the paid option and then there's like still though the free fast pass paper fast pass option yes that like you could go and run around and grab yeah i forgot where i was going with this well, I mean, the point is, there's no free option now for Fast Pass. Yeah, there's no free option now for Fast Pass. Like, you can stand on a line, I guess, but you can't go get Fast Passes. You can't book your Fast Passes via Fast Pass Plus. All that is now dead. And I have to pay, like, $30 to ride anything. Well, yeah, if you're, like, there with a buddy. Well, no, because it's if it's $15 for... Genie Plus, right? For Disney World. It's $15 for Genie Plus per person. Uh-huh. And then you have to pay an additional fee to get other Fast Pass rides. Oh, yeah. Get yeah, other yeah. rides that aren't on Fast, on Genie. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And I don't I don't remember or if they even said, like, how much the additional attraction access is going to cost. But, like, I'm sure it's, like you know, at least 10 bucks or something, like knowing how things are going. I'm sure it's like $10 to go ride mine train. <laughs> so it's like, why am I going to pay all this money when I can just go to the fair and do the same thing? Oh, yikes. And literally do the same thing. I have to pay money to ride on a ride. Also, I'm just, I mean, that's true. I'm also thinking about, you know, like people who may or may not have a credit card trying to be mindful of how much they're spending so they spend like all of their stuff in park with cash yeah and now it's like oh okay like I'm going to Disney for the rides but like now I have to pay for a ride that I might want to pay for on a card that I may not have it's like an issue of accessibility Mm -hmm. on top of financial accessibility yeah yeah that's a really good point that I hadn't considered the other thing is that they're doing away with um, magic bands in the future. And so you're just going to use a smartphone for everything. And that's like a whole other thing of like, now you have to have an iPhone to like participate. You need to have an iPhone or like a smartphone. And it's like, I mean, that entire discourse is not just Disney. It, it 
is very upsetting to me that you need a phone to pay for anything. Yeah. Um, in this day and age. And I get that it's like, it's meant for safety, but it excludes a huge number of people and like a pretty decent amount of the population who like doesn't, who might not have a smartphone or might not have like the ability to access a smartphone. There are so many, there are so many industries that rely on cash and the flow of cash that, but, and I know a ton of people who don't trust having all of their money in the banks, but then it's like, what about those people? Mm-hmm. So like, let alone Disney, like that entire thing is like a, a societal problem. You know, doing it at Disney also kind of just sucks because you also, if you lose your phone at Disney, Ugh. you're you're done. Your trip's done. I hadn't even thought about that. What happens if you break your phone because then you can't get into your hotel room, you can't get into the parks, you can't buy anything? What happens if your phone dies? You have to pay $13 to get a three-minute charger? Oh, my God. I hadn't even considered the if your phone dies thing. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. It's like... My external battery has openly died at a day at Disney and we had to pay money to charge it because I was like, well, I can't not have my phone on me when my fast passes are on my phone. Right. I, you know, I liked magic bands because I don't want to be like on my phone on vacation all the time. Neither do I. So it was kind of nice to have that barrier. Yeah. Where it was like, okay, I can turn my internet off. I can like Mm -hmm. save my battery and just like. And have my phone literally just as, like, a camera. Yeah. And now we can't do that. It's so funny because I was going to be like, oh, my God, how did Disney overlook this problem that, like, people's phones are going to die and they're not going to be able to do things in the parks? And it's like, oh, no, they're just going to, like, charge you to charge Yeah. It. They, they charge you, like, $15, 15 to $20 for an external charger that you have to return. I don't know. It's, like, hard. Yeah. It's, like, weird. And I'm just like, bro, like, everything that Disney is doing right now is strictly on the basis of trying to get more cash in and it's like I get it they're business but they're also a huge corp media slash corporate uh conglomerate that like they have more than enough money yeah they have have more than enough money I do keep thinking that because it's like I know that their earnings calls were like really bad during the like beginning of the pandemic whenever the parks were still closed however Mm -hmm. people are acting like disney was like days away from filing bankruptcy with all of the like cuts and the price hikes that we're seeing and it's like that's not what was happening like they were still okay they just weren't like generating revenue from the parks right which there's so many arguments that like disney makes the most all of their money from the parks that's how they stay afloat that's how eisner ran disney to the ground because he kept on opening shit that wasn't creating revenue justice for eisner (laughs) justice for eisner truly but also just shift some of that money just shift some of the money that's going into other projects stop trying like and i get consistently needing to upgrade and like add new attractions to the parks but it's like i if i wanted to go to a theme park that just had rides 
then I would go to Universal. Oh, I was waiting to see if you had any further commentary just, on that. I was just thinking. I don't know. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I don't because like even though that's the case, like I don't understand why it takes Disney so long to build things. Like they'll spend like four or five years building one attraction and it's like okay, like I get that it takes I like I'm not I don't know how to construct things. So like I'm sure it takes a while. I'm sure yeah. it takes a while to like make a nice looking queue, but five years? But five years. That feels like a lot. I feel like I don't know. I mean Five years doesn't seem like that's too bad, but I also think about, like, what is being put into work, I guess. And, like, I'm such a staunch – I before COVID, I was such a staunch believer in, like, anything that we could get a fast pass for, we are getting a fast pass for. And if the wait is over, you know, half an hour, we're skipping it. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I'm not paying all this money to stand on a line. Interesting. Are you the kind of person who would stay? I actually like to stand on lines. Valid. <laughs> There's, I like, deranged behavior, but I kind of like the time to just, like, stand there and, like, look at things and think. <laughs> I think that it depends on where you go, though. Because yeah. I am not going, like, and what ride it is. Because yeah. I refuse to wait on, um speed i refuse to wait for oh, speedway yeah. no for no more than 20 minutes agreed agreed if the line is longer than 20 minutes for speedway if i have to stand under the walking bridge <laughs> tent thing for more than 20 minutes i'm not riding speedway I can't stand there choking on the fumes for that long, Leek. Oh, no. If you, like, cast members who work that attraction, like, God bless your souls and your lungs, because, like, I could not do it. Like, Black lungs. You may as well smoke cigarettes. Yeah. Like, sorry. And in those suit, those uniforms. Hot. For speedway. No. Not in a good way. I mean, in a good way. (laughs) Yeah, no. I'm just thinking polyester, all of the polyester. Nothing that I ever wore at Disney could breathe in the Florida heat. It was horrible. No. Yeah. Like, Like, uh, no. Like, Pooh Bear, Winnie the Pooh, I will stand in line for because it's interactive. I love that cue. I love that cue so much. Um, Splash Mountain, Splash Mountain was also fun because, like, it tells a story as you go up it, mm-hmm. but, like, Splash Mountain has a fast pass, and also, I honestly, for a really long time, I, like, I would skip Splash Mountain. I always skip it because I don't like to be wet. <laughs> Valid. Like, that's the thing about Splash Mountain. If you don't go on a day that's 90 degrees, right. and same for Grizzly Run in Disneyland, yeah. California. If I'm not staying on park or if I can't, if I like, if it's not 90 degrees and I go on Grizzly Run, I'm going back to my hotel and I'm taking a nap. Yeah. Because I'm not walking around the park in wet diaper pants. Exactly. That's how it feels. I hate being all soggy. Exactly. And you don't, you could wear a poncho on Splash Mountain, but like it doesn't. It doesn't secure your bottom. No, it does not. And you always sit down and the seat's wet and it's like, yeah, my underwear are wet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not, it's not it. wet. Yeah. Not it. Not it. Mm-mm. Yeah. And I think a lot of like my reservations about waiting in line is that like you go to Disney so many times 
as many times as you and I have been, right? Then you've a thousand percent gone more than I have. But it's like, by the time I am 28 years old, if it's not incredibly super magical, like I don't want to wait in line. Like at the Space Mountain, regular line, miserable. Oh yeah, that's a tough one. And I'm kind of claustrophobic too. So it kind of freaks me out if I stand there too long. Yeah. Like, like the walls are closing in. <laughs> like it's not like I'm over it. Star tours, star tours. I love the star tours queue. But if you're standing in line for star tours, for like if the line is over 30 minutes long, you're going to be standing in one place for as long as it takes for the animatronics mm-hmm. to cycle through their speeches. Yep. yep. Yeah. That makes you crazy. It's, it's not it. Yeah. I, uh, have been trying to find some like actual confirmed numbers on this, but like a huge problem that everybody had with fast pass was that it inflated the lines for standby because yeah. of the certain like ratio that they took of standby writers to fast pass writers. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people say that they took like four fast pass people to one standby guest. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen someone even say that like they take 10 fast pass writers to one standby. Um, but like, because of that, it was constant and because of that and because of how like fast passes became so scheduled with fast pass plus um it made the standby lines get really really long so they were like hours wait at a time yes I, rem- I, totally rem- I remember seeing that as well or yeah. reading about that as well yeah i mean i i definitely have seen three hour waits for things like toy story midway mania i think i've oh for sure i think i've seen a five hour wait before and i realize that that sounds insane but i'm pretty sure i've seen it say 350 minutes before the way that i see it is that if peter pan can get up to 120 minutes within the first half hour of the park opening i don't doubt that toy uh midway mania um midway mania galaxy's edge pre-covid if it was even like if they didn't implement the reservation yeah like stuff um space mountain has been up there oh the avatar ride the avatar ride that's, that's the like, one thing where you ride on the banshee people love that they light of out there forever light of passage yep two and a half hour <laughs> yeah two and a half part. hour wait for sure. Whenever it first, well, not whenever it first opened, but like the first time I went after it opened, I was like, I'm just going to try to walk on like, la la la. Who's going to know? It's like in the back of Animal Kingdom, whatever. Um, and I went over there and it was like a three hour wait. And I was like, oh, never no. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I applaud people's dedication I think what you had mentioned about the inflation of like fast pass riders to mm-hmm. standby riders is this fell in the same thread where it was like, this is just going to cause people to pay for fast passes right. because no one wants to wait. Right. Like I don't want to spend a hundred something dollars for me to spend three hours online. Yeah. So yeah. I will be spending that money. I know that's my problem. Like, well, I mean, I have a million problems with this. Like, right. obviously I think it's super sad that like we are no longer going to see like the middle-class American family be able to go to Disney world as like their big vacation destination. Like 
that's something that I think was so ingrained in like American culture. Like we literally, I mean like national lampoons vacation is like supposed to be like this, like huge pilgrimage to Disneyland for this family. So like, I think it's super sad that like the average family in America is like not going to have the experience that like they thought that they could have that, like, you know, they had been told that was the thing to do. So I hate that. Um, I also hate the fact that I can't go ahead. Oh no, no. What were you going to say? Um, I'm just running through all my list of issues. I also yes, hate the fact. Please go through your list of issues. Thank you. Thank you. So I, I hate it for the socioeconomic stuff. I hate it yes. because um, I'm a planner and I don't want to get up at 7 a.m. to pick my fast passes the day of. I'm going to be such a mess. I'm going to be like shaking yes. in bed, like trying to do this. Yes. Um, but then I also hate it because, like, my really incredibly hot take about this is that I honestly think they should have priced it higher if they were trying to fix the capacity issues. I agree. Because I think if you are already paying twelve ninety nine for a cheeseburger and fries for lunch, yes, you're going to pay 15 bucks to get FastPass. Oh, a 1,000%. And that's the problem. Every single person is going to do this. It's not going to solve a damn thing. When me and Fitz... And this was why I brought up like Disney, uh, Disneyland's Fast Pass Plus or Fast Pass, whatever. Yeah. Um, I sat there planning the trip, and I was like, "No, like we're going to get the fifth, the extra. We're going to pay the extra fifteen dollars a day because like there's no point in us going to Disney and not doing that. Yeah. If we're trying to make the most out of the trip, like I'm totally okay with foregoing a snack or two. To get fast pass for the whole day. Yeah. For both of us. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, cool. It was an extra $30 per day. But then it was like that you're get you're getting so much money out of that $30. That being said, like, I understand why it was a paid thing at Disneyland because Disneyland is such a like hometown park. So it was like, oh, okay. Like if you get to go to Disney all the time and like $15 to go like to have fast pass on your phone is like a lot, but it's like people are already spending that like 12, you're, you're already spending $130 on the, on the day mm-hmm. just to get into the park. The way I see it is that I don't want to spend three hours of my $130 day to wait online. Yeah. Because like what the park is open from for 12 hours, right? Let's yeah. just say. So it's $120 per tick day. It's $10 an hour. So you're going to tell me that I have to pay the equivalent of $30 just for me to go to wait online? No. Whenever we like lay it all out like this, it makes me realize that it's like Disney was not, and I know this is obvious, but it's like Disney was not looking for a way to solve capacity issues with ride. They weren't looking for a way to make lines more efficient they were genuinely just looking for a way to get 15 bucks out of people per day plus some yeah because if they actually cared about like fixing the issues of fast pass and like making it so the standby lines weren't three hours long then like they would have priced this higher or they would have figured out like a third option instead of just slapping a 15 dollars surcharge on something that people were already doing with the exact same dynamics right where it's like also it's not like they're limiting the amount of people Right. Who are able to get a fast pass. Your time slot for that ride is just pushed out. Yeah. Like, it's not really fast pass anymore. You're literally reserving your ride. Yeah. 
There's so many things wrong with it. I hate it so much. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. It's not... Like I said before, like, every every news thing that comes out just makes me not want to go to Disney anytime soon. And I hate that because Disney is my happy place. hmm Yeah. I was going to say, maybe we've just pavloved ourselves to think that Disney is our happy place. <laughs> And that's what, and like, we have to justify it to ourselves that we're spending like $500 for three days just to go to Disney. Yeah. Like the problem with that is like Disney's like built this up so much where it's like, this is the trip of your lifetime because this is the only time you're going to be able to afford to do this. And then it's like, that's fine if you deliver. And I don't know if like their product is really delivering that right now. It's not. I don't think what (sighs) they're charging is worth it at this moment I don't think so either and I like it pains me to say that but like I just feel like they've like cut so much out of the Disney experience with like lack of entertainment they got rid of magical express no more free magic bands like now you have to pay for your magic band it's just like when's it gonna stop man (laughs) I don't think it's going to and like I know everyone's like Bob Trebek is the devil yes he's the devil but also at the same time at the same hand of this it's also Josh DeMero I know I know and like I'm gonna release the episode whenever we talked about the like dress code changes whenever I was like I'm in love with Josh um you know we cannot be swindled by the fact that this man looks nice in a suit you know we can't I just it's through. giving me Beto Rourke <laughs> in that like he looked so tameless and like uh-huh. whatever and then you like look into his history and his backstory and like what he's actually done and it's like oh so really you're shit you don't do anything <laughs> like you just look good in a suit and you're an ex-skater kid that's cool But, like, what are you really doing? Right, right. And, yeah, totally. And I feel like, you know, he's – I definitely feel like he's being groomed to be the next CEO. But the problem is he's being groomed by people who are emblematic of, like, all the issues that we're talking about. You think Josh DeMero is being groomed to be the next CEO? I think so. Do you? Do you not? I feel like – okay. I take that back. Follow-up questions. Who do you think he's being groomed by? Chapek? Yeah, I mean, I think there's probably sort of, like, an understanding that, like, whenever my time ends, you will be the next to take the throne. <laughs> like, I feel like that's kind of what's going on. Because I think they probably, like, have someone that they kind of have in mind as a successor. I mean, they have to. I don't think that... I feel like Chapek was meant to be a Band-Aid because... Totally. Um, can't think of his name right now. Iger. Yes, because Iger knew that he like had to step down because he a thousand percent knew that COVID was coming. I agree. I that's like a conspiracy theory that I a hundred percent buy into. I I a thousand percent like think that that is valid. Only because like all of like the top corporate entities like they all going into like obviously like economics and then um a little bit more politically just how much all of these like multimillionaires and like corporate entities as well as you know publics not public service men but like people in those positions they had the knowledge that COVID was coming there's absolutely no way that Iger was stepping down from Disney 
if this wasn't if this wasn't happening I agree I I think that he was like I cannot let my legacy be tarnished by the hell storm that's about to hit us so he just left yeah like he just I'm He's like, I'm not, I'm not going to have my entire legacy ruined. Yeah. So it's like baby Bob. Literally. <laughs> like, here you go. Baby Bob. Like, yeah. So I, I don't think that Chavik was meant to be like a permanent decision, but I also don't necessarily know if, I don't want to say that I net, I align with like Josh DeMario being groomed to be the next CEO, but I also wouldn't even know who they could pick. Yeah. That's so true. Um, Sometimes I wonder, like, with how things have gone in the past year and, like, with the intense focus on Disney Plus and, like, all of their earnings calls and, like, like publicity things, I wonder sometimes if they'll take the next CEO from Disney Plus instead of from Parks. Mm -hmm. But that would be, like, a real twist because they normally take somebody from Parks. They normally take someone from Parks, but... Mm -mm. I see it as if they take Josh DeMero from the park to take over Chapek. I think that like they're they're literally asking for an even worse Disney era than <gasps> pre Eisner. All of my basis is coming as a consumer and not like actually what may or may not be happening because we don't get full privatized details of what's going on behind back doors. But I also feel like if Josh DeMera was actively trying to support the parks, mm-hmm. this entire sh- this wouldn't be as big of a shitstorm as it is. Yeah, I agree with that. On top of that, I think that also goes into planning of the parks, planning of openings of new attractions or refurbished attractions. And, you know, all of the news that we're hearing is just like, mm-hmm. Princess and the Princess and the Frog splash mountain refurb is like taking all of these downturns like oh my god i was i wanted to bring that up on this episode and i forgot (laughs) so there's a rumor that um disney imagineering can't get the budget to like actually replace the animatronics in the new splash mountain with princess and the frog so they're just gonna have to like do like cardboard cutouts and like projections. cardboard cutouts (laughs) that's what i heard it's a rumor Okay, I did not hear that. I did not hear that rumor. I did hear though that they might have to pull some like old school Disney Imagineering stuff where it was like, okay, like we're going to have to refer like refurb all of the animatronics to do what we need them to do. I don't even know if that's possible because the Disneyland animatronics are from America Sings. They like Reskinned the America Sings animatronics for Splash Mountain. I don't even know if some of them were reskinned. They probably just stuck them in there and hope for the best. But like, I don't know how many times you can like make a robot do new tricks. You know? I mean, you never know. They made like full blown, basically human like Avatar animatronics. So yeah, but the Avatar animatronics are really good. I ha- I haven't even been on Flight of Passage, but I know that they're really good. Yeah, yeah. The one in the Navi riverboat thing, like, it's incredibly lifelike. Yeah. I mean, all of the animatronics that Disney has been putting out for all of their new rides have been incredibly, like, human-like. It's actually kind of scary. The ones for the Beauty and the Beast ride in, I think it's Tokyo. Oh, they look like they're real. Yeah, those are incredible. I really want to see that in person someday. <laughs> Me too. Like, really, really want to go. We should go to Tokyo together. That'd be fun. We should. A thousand percent. Hee <laughs> hee.
Yeah, because it's on my list. Mine too. We gotta go. Yeah, that's like probably the one place I want to go the most outside of the U.S. Valid. It's definitely like very, very high up there. Like I want to go to Japan so badly. Yeah. Um, but I digress. Back to gloom and doom. Gloom and doom. Gloom and doom. Like I just, Dressed American barely keep the park running. I think that's, that's, I guess the nicest way to put it. Dressed American barely keep the park running the way that I think that we all thought that he would run it. I agree with you. Um, It doesn't bode well because you do think like, and like you said, we're not privy to like the private discussions that go on, but you would think that we would like see or hear more pushback on these things that have been cut from the parks, but like assuming that Josh cared, (laughs) but I guess the way that I see it is that like we get all of these blog updates on the Disney blog and like I feel like the only time that we have heard from his secretary is from his assistant rather is like obviously like when the parks first shut down when there was the change of hands and then of course when when the costume changes happened but other than that it was that's basically it and I understand that like chairman of the parks can't like outwardly speak negatively on the whole CEO of the goddamn company, but I just feel like it wouldn't be so much of a shitstorm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sad. (laughs) I'm sad too, because now I'm like, great, who the fuck is going to take over after, like, who is that poor unfortunate soul who's going to have to take over after JPEG? I hope it's me. I hope it's you too. I feel like I could really write the ship, to be honest. <laughs> I think you have more than enough experience. Just just stick me in there. I'll figure it out. I'm sad. I am too. I'm trying to think of like how we can end this in a way that doesn't sound like we're going to kill ourselves. Um, really hard to do when I can't even think about going to Disney anymore. Oh my god, Lexi. I am not that far gone yet. I understand the prices are like horrific. But I'm I'm unfortunately not to the place yet. And I am the problem. I'm the problem. I'm not to the place yet where I'm not willing to pay. I'm also not at that place yet. Yeah. But if things keep on going the way that it is, I quite frankly cannot even afford to dream of it. Yeah. And it's like, it's it's not even me of like, oh, like, I don't want to go to Disney anymore. Because it's, it's like, I like a lot of others have been out, outpriced. Yeah. That's what bums me out the most is that like as someone who's 28 years old and is still a Disney adult who's not really a Disney adult, like it kills me to think that like, okay, like maybe the next time I go to Disney isn't going to be for another couple of years and I know that I'm going to have to save up a very small fortune to do so. And then I think about all of the children. That's just what they that like, that's what they want to do. They want to go to Disney and they're like so excited about going to Disney and like they, they just, they can't because it's like they going on a trip with four people Mm -hmm. it's not feasible yeah it's heartbreaking and I think that Disney doesn't realize the like kind of damage that's going to do to their brand long term because it's not just that like maybe that kid doesn't get to go to Disney it's that that kid doesn't have that connection from their childhood to want to take their family to Disney so like it's not gonna perpetuate in the same way that like it has perpetuated for us right because it was that like top tier 
vacation dream. Yeah. For us and, like, a ton of other middle-class, like, families. Like, Disney is the dream vacation. And, like, it's become so unaffordable that, like, not being able to experience that as a child, they're not going to feel the reason to go Mm -hmm. unless they're insane like us. Yeah. When they're adults. And I just don't know if you can, like, build that connection with Disney outside of the parks whenever you don't have that experience like i don't know if you still want to buy disney merchandise in your 20s if you never went as a kid i don't know if you still decided to go see a new disney release in the theaters because like you just don't have that like emotional connection right that's where like the real damage is done long term for disney yeah they're just like losing their customer base because they're not making it accessible enough for them right I don't want to sound so negative. I know, and it, like, honestly bums me out. It's like, who wants to listen to this? It's sad. No. <laughs> this, one, this one is a really sad episode. This one's, like, a real downer, guys. Uh... I'm also wondering, though, if this, if all of the things that we're talking about are a result of COVID or if it's just because, you know, COVID took a beating to Disney parks or if this was going to happen anyway. So my cynical opinion is that this was going to happen anyway, but that COVID provided like a really convenient excuse for them. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. I'm going to try to come up with some positive things to say. Muppets Haunted Mansion comes out October 8th. Yes. I'm so excited. I'm super Very, very excited. excited. Your casting was also like spot on Miss um, Piggy's Madame Leota. Yeah, I didn't. I honestly, I thought she was going to be Constance, the bride with the axe, with the axy thing. Yeah, I thought no. I thought that was going to be Miss Piggy, but nope, nope. Um, I didn't even double check. I didn't even check the casting. I just saw that it was coming out, and I was like, "Yes, this is going to be a thing." Kermit is okay. <laughs> I don't know, and here's why. I only looked at the poster that I saw on Twitter, and I was like, obviously Miss Piggy's Madame Leota, because she her head is inside of a ball. <laughs> but I don't know what the, who these other people are, because they're just, like, wearing suits standing there, so, like, I don't know. Kermit, like, he's a ghost. Fozzie. Fozzie's the hatbox ghost from Disneyland. Yes. Yes. The rest, who knows? But, like, where are you putting Swedish Chef? That's all I care about. So true. So true. (laughs) Oh my God, this is the first Muppets Halloween special? Oh, that's crazy. I guess I hadn't thought about that. There's a bunch of Christmas. There's so many Christmas ones. Um, There's even like weird ones that I can't find anywhere. Like there was this one where they have to find the perfect tree. Do you ever see that? I don't don't think I've seen that one. I think it's like Christmas Mr. Willoughby? Yeah, Mr. Willoughby's Christmas tree. Huh. Darren Chris is the caretaker. Oh, 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 I tweeted this and I was like, oh, it's Darren Chris. <laughs> oh, it's Darren Chris. I just feel like Glee is never gonna end, you know? It's it's not I just got flashbacks to Darren Chris saying, uh, there's gonna be songs in Muppet's Haunted Mansion. Oh, you know it. Yeah, it's it's interesting the impact that Glee had on us as a society, you know? <laughs> oh, God. I'm, like, thinking about, like, when I was, like, very much in the fandom, and I'm like, oh, I was in that fandom. <laughs> I know, I, I was, know. I was in that fandom. Sorry, I'm, like, reading this article about Muppet's Haunted Mansion, and I my casting really was spot on, because guess who's the main character? Kermie? Gonzo, baby! Oh, ding, 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 ding. 
I feel like you understand the minds of the Jim Henson company. I do, kind of, only very slightly. <laughs> Maybe not at all. They ha- they're having this like entire Muppets like rejudge with like Muppet, the new Muppets show. There's a new Muppet show. You haven't been watching the new Muppet show? Wait, you, do you mean like the one that's on Disney Plus? Yes. It, the one that came out like last year or something? Uh, yeah. It's not that good. I thought it, I thought it was funny. Muppets Now? I, quite frankly, have been very pleased with Muppets Now. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to insult it. Oh, no, it's okay. It's like, it's not the best show, but it's kind of funny for like, one-off crack jokes okay all right i really am enjoying monsters at work i haven't seen it is it good it's so good really and my expectations were like on the ground because i'm not like i'm not like oh my god you know silly and mike i'm gonna die for you um yeah. never had that strong of a connection to it i maybe watch it you know once every few years but it's actually very good huh yeah it takes place after the movie so it's like whenever they're transitioning over into um laugh power it's really good it follows like this one monster that just got out of monsters university and he like got a job offer to be a scarer so then he shows up for his i know he shows up for his first day of work though and like suddenly they're not scaring anymore now they have to like learn comedy so it's like oh my degree was useless it's very relatable (laughs) my degree was useless this job is not what i thought it was gonna be um how do i make this work um so it's really a tale for the millennial i think Okay, I think I may have to watch it then. It's really good. Yeah, I'm really enjoying that. I love the new Mickey and Minnie series that they have. I haven't seen any of it. But you also, you like watching the Mickey and Minnie stuff. I do. You do? Yeah. I've never gotten into what could be Playhouse Disney or Disney Junior Oh, adjacent <laughs> you i know like you love disney jr i love kids shows like there's something about kids tv where it just it comforts and soothes me <laughs> i love kids tv but not in the way you love kids tv <laughs> like i am here for all of the cartoons all of the like new series that animated series that, that they're putting out but I'm not going to go out of my way to watch Sophia the First. Oh, my God. It's so good. Listen, she was living in the village, doing all right, and then she became a princess overnight. Okay? <laughs> it's brilliant. It is a story for the ages. Don't we all want that life? You know what? I Actually, so have you seen the um, – it's not Disney, but Disney adjacent. Have you seen the, like, trailers and commentary for the new Cinderella movie that Amazon Prime put out? Oh, my God. I refuse to even, like, acknowledge it because it looks bad, and I hate Camila Cabrero. I hate her. But I sort of want to watch it. No, don't hate watch it. You're just going to give her another reason to get to sign on for Cinderella 2. I know, I know. I'm thinking I'm going to push it off for a while by watching the um, Cinderella story with Hilary Duff. <laughs> but I know I'm going to watch it because I'm horrible. <laughs> get Brandy or no one else. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Um, absolutely. <laughs> Did you see my retweet from the new Cinderella movie that was showing a horse a carrot and then it's just this clip? Oh my god! 
<laughs> no. Uh, no. It's that's everything to me. No, no, no. Oh my gosh, someone put it over an actual clip of a horse. <laughs> How I wish we could all be Camilla Cabrera. Hey, maybe this podcast is gonna take off. It's gonna launch your singing career. You don't know. Hey. You sound just like her. It's identical. Oh my god, thank you. I sound so good right now. <laughs> Uh, well, I think that we managed to like not completely make people want to drive off the road listening to this. So good job, us. Yeah, I know. High, High five. five. Boom. Okay. Do you have any final remarks as we close up the sad episode? This has been an extremely sad podcast. <laughs> no, thank you guys for listening. Um, sorry we're so miserable and morose. Hopefully we get better news. We end the ep- we end every single episode with hopefully we get better news. But you know, keep the dreams alive, kiddos. Carry the dream with you wherever you may go. Dun dun. Okay, thank you for listening. Um, you can catch us on our Discord and on our Twitter and on our Instagram. Um, the links will be in the description. Bye! Bye! <laughs>